what would work best? So in, in your opinion, if you were given whatever it is you wanted or needed to create your ideal school, mm-hmm. this can be a budget, this could be a building, this could be lack of a building. Assume that you have people who are interested in a student body and a staff and little to no state regulation. Like you, you get more or less total freedom. To you, what would be the best school? For me as an elementary educator, I love the idea of, uh, obviously everything I just said, I, I love the idea of play-based learning. And you hear that a lot, like as your kids get older and you're about to go to kindergarten, around my area where I live, they just transitioned to full day kindergarten. We've had half day kindergarten. So there's been so much talk about what that looks like and what is play-based learning. And, and I think you're very wise when you walked into your kid's preschool class and you were looking around to observe what was around to make it look like to get an idea of what it's going to be like. I think true play-based learning is so important in K1 and 2. I'm not saying that we shouldn't have elements of reading and writing and, and math and all, all of those things. They're important. But I wouldn't have any traditional classroom set up. I wouldn't have desks. It would be like a big play area. And maybe different classrooms would be different things. A play area that's all manipulatives, beads and wiki sticks and Play-Doh and like having a whole area that's all just loose parts, small parts, fine motor play and having like imaginative play. So there's dress up areas and kitchen areas and those kinds of specific different places where you can do different kinds of play. And so that I would have, and again, I I think I would have it in different places so you could move around and have more of one thing because in one classroom, you're so confined to space and all that kind of stuff. So it also gets tricky because when you have in the same small to mid-sized room, when you have four and five different groups, all doing different things, it Mm -hmm. creates, even if it's not actually chaotic for the kids, for the adult in the room, it creates this sense of chaos. And it's like, I have too many things to be watching. Like I, I agree. That's if you can, create the space, you know, to do the different things. Yeah. And I like, I think when we're talking about what do we want students to be at the end of their schooling, I think that back mapping that down to basic ideas of being able to clearly communicate, being able to collaborate. Um, I think group work is really important when they're that little. They will learn more from their peers in, in those group work situations than they would from me standing there and trying to tell them to do something. I think critical thinking starts at that age where we're teaching them to be problem solvers and to be risk takers, you know, safely be risk takers, like trying to try things like, here's the problem. Let's try it, see what we can come up with. And if it doesn't work, let's try something different. I think that we, we have gotten into a routine of just saying there's one answer, but there's not one answer, you know, like that's one option on a test. And so we've created these kids that see one answer to these problems. And I think that starting that kind of thinking at a little age trains them to be that way, trains them to see something from outside the box, trains them to look at it from different angles. So I think that those kinds of aspects would be really cool and important. And I think small, smaller groups are, are a good idea too. I think reading in books, real books, is an important part of learning to read at that age. So I think that would be really cool. And I also, I know that we, ha- we talked earlier about assessment and project-based learning. I think that sometimes when you have, it's really hard to figure out how to use technology and projects with kids who can't read yet or are not confident readers. So I think that thinking outside of the norm of what we do 
and helping them to be able to, to sh- like, for example, we do this, like in first grade, we did this big unit about butterflies and like we watched them grow from eggs to larvae to butterflies. And, and we talk about life cycles. And so it's always like super fun for them. They love that. They think it's cool. And then we were making them write a journal. Well, writing at that age is really easy for some people and really not easy for others. Because if you're struggling as a reader, writing is probably not your strongest subject either, you know? And so starting to think outside the box and think, okay, how can we use technology? How can we use pictures to create a photo journal so that those kids who writing may not be their strongest suit, photograph it, and then put together some kind of presentation to show the same understanding. It's not that they don't understand the same way, but at that age, the discrepancy between proficiency and writing is drastic in some cases. And so how do we help those students be able to demonstrate that, that understanding and using technology? But technology is often used in younger grades as like an app, as a practice, like a math practice or something like that. I don't know that we all do a good job of using it as a tool all the time as more as opposed to like practice of a skill they already know. That makes Yeah. Sense. I mean like make it part of the meal, not the dessert kind of deal. Right. You don't right. throw the, Oh, okay. Well we're done this. Go, you know, play on your tablet for a little bit, like make that a purposeful part of what you're doing. And I mean, I think that's probably how we're trying to shift the way we're thinking about a lot of projects and cooperative learning anyway, is not right. that that's the thing you do at the end after you took the test. Maybe it's the thing you're doing along the way in preparation for the test kind of deal. Right. And I think sometimes we overlook the littlest guys because when, you know, I've I've been reading a lot about social media and using social media in classrooms and hashtags and whether that's, you know, how people are integrating that kind of thing. And, and I, I feel like a lot of this technology talk is, is really targeted towards older kids. And so I think we look less at how we can integrate it in the same way into younger grades. And I think there's a real value there. So I think technology is something that I would love to incorporate into if I had my ideal school. Yeah, how that would work. I think I think it's an important part to put in there. I mean, these kids have never known a life without technology. 